0: I thought i even had that in my pack.
1: Oh, this is, this is a spoiler, man.
0: Uh, if Joe like my ear, I would probably conquer my fourth pack.
1: All right, welcome back to the Kafaru cast, everyone. Uh, Colin here. I'm in the, the mothership in Colorado. And I've got uh, Aaron and uh, Dan. And Dan, what's your last name? Say again? Yeah, column, Columns. Columns. Okay. It's baby. Trad baby Jesus, right? Yep. Uh, and you, they are calling in from, uh, they're in Texas right now. Uh, they're down there uh, in between guiding folks. Uh, what's up, guys?
0: Not much. Uh, we finally had a day off. We've got some clients coming in tonight. Dan was shooting his bow a minute ago, and I've been on the phone all morning.
1: Trying to get some adult stuff done
0: Yeah Yeah, kind of Um, Working on it anyway Um, It's been crazy busy We've been pumping hunters through like madman So we actually finally got to actually run into town yesterday And we had to buy groceries Because we were out of Cheez-Its, PB&J, tortillas and eggs And all the important stuff So got that done And we have (laughs) some guys coming in at like midnight tonight So their hunt starts tomorrow
1: Dang, dang where, uh, um, Do you guys know, like, generally where your clients are coming from? Or are they always buddies, or are they usually just random people?
0: Uh, a little bit of everything. Like, we've had – like, we had Jeff Harrison. That was actually Jason Harrison's uh, half-brother. And uh, Lou. Lou was in Austin, Texas, and Jeff's in California. We have guys from Tennessee, Iowa – where was you from? California. Luke was from Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. All over, everywhere. Yeah, Connecticut. All over the place.
1: And uh, I think I've I I know the answer to this, but I know a lot of people are wondering this. How many years have you been doing guiding down
0: there? Down here, just like two and a half, and then I've guided off normal my whole life. But uh, Scotty, we just became like brothers and. You know, he, um, it, it was good for us because, as you know, we get, to, we're, we're packing out a lot of animals down here. So it's good for product testing and photos and everything. And then, you know, it helps, god help, it helps god to get the word out. It's, you know, just on social media and our podcast. So, and, you know, we offer a, it's a good area, a good outfit, and people have fun. Like it, it's, uh, uh, you know, guys, it's, 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 it is difficult to shoot a free range out with a bow. And, uh, the biggest issue, and Dan, you could chime in, I think people here Texas Texas expect easy, and then they get the living shit kicked out of them down here. So it, it's mountainous, it's in the Davis Mountains, and so I think the biggest thing probably is it's an eye-opener when people get here. I mean, they're successful, but physically, I, I would say probably that's one of the bigger issues. Yeah, the biggest thing would be people get down here and they can't climb the mountain. <laughs> but they're a lot deeper and more rugged than they are expect more than i expected than that. yeah texas used you, you a is, lot of three shot angles too you know like Lou about shot his toe off That was so steep he hit <laughs> the rocket his feet it was so steep um people aren't used to shooting that extreme of angle either no
1: and that's hard to train for unless you have you know like a 3d target on a side of a cliff or something like that yeah, you'd have to get, like, on a three-story building and shoot straight down at the base of the building would be, like, the, probably the best description I could have. You're going to have a lot of people on the top of their apartment complexes shooting straight down at something.
0: Mm-hmm. We definitely have a lot of people shitting their pants when they get to the edge. They're like, oh, I'm not really comfortable with this. It's Like, uh well, I'll hold your belt. Good luck. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we probably have more deep degree shots than we have flat shots. Everything's just deep, angle, um, nothing's perfect when, when you have to make the shot happen.
1: Dang. And so is it guys, are guys mostly coming down to do uh, out-out huntings, you know, kind of like the their sheep experience, or goat,
0: or yeah. whatever? We have uh, six or seven mule deer tags. We're on an MLD program down here. It's over 100,000 acres, but some mule deer, a couple antelope tags, and then uh, a lot of ram and you hunts. the, the use i think people look down on that a little bit but most people you know, know the difference anyway so the u hunts, they've got big you know 20 to 25 inch horns on average um and we, we we have a lot of u hunters and probably i think 18 ram hunters a year something like that so
1: and is there anything that you guys uh if somebody's out there trying to to get themselves prepared for to come down there and hunt with y'all, what would you? What was it be like? The, the top three things you tell them to do:
0: have good footwear that are broken for climbing. Um, you know, you don't do long, long, long stocks usually, but you do. When I say that, I'm talking compared to high country. You know, a mile stock isn't isn't out of the question, but a lot of half mile stocks, uh, a lot of steep angled shots, off, you know, rush kind of shooting where out and don't really stay in the same place for very long. So it's not like you can, Oh, it's bedded. Let's loop around. We have three hours. You got like 20 minutes and then they get up and move. So, um, you know, it's a lot of, it's very dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. you're moving a lot. You're, you're not, you're not going to ever be shooting on flat ground like an elk broadside at 40. That does not happen very often. It does, but not very often. So, you know, and then I would say the wind is another one. It's pretty windy down here. So, shooting in the wind and then you know have a rangefinder that does angle comp and then kind of learn to cut chart a lot of times you have to deduct even more than what the rangefinder said says because they're not they're not accurate they don't they don't cut enough yardage off so um yeah, yeah a little bit of everything and a lot of shit talking
1: <laughs> that's always a good part of hunting camp though
0: yeah 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 for sure so it's been good we've had a lot of a lot of Almost out. Well, we've had 100% success on shots, I think. And then I think we only had a couple guys go home without feet. 100% success on shot opportunities. Yeah, 100% on shot opportunities. And then, you know, we can't make you hit the animals. So that was a little rougher. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, some guys the last day will grab a rifle. We get a lot of archery guys, but most of the archery guys are successful with the bow. The stick bows a little bit more difficult. Um, Actually, Randy and Denny—they didn't. Uh, well, Denny shot two quiverfuls, I think, and then Randy had a big one under him. Uh, you know, they were hunting with a stick bow, but uh, and then M- Marie, uh, Denny's wife, she had some good opportunities. But yeah, free range out there, just you know, they're pretty. They're, they're they're a really smart dumb animal. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, they just they hide and they're in big groups a lot. Um, sometimes you get a lone ram, but um you know they're in big groups a lot of eyeballs uh, which is kind of a pain and nothing is quiet down here um so that makes it a little difficult too and then everything i don't know how much cactus i have in my legs right now but it, it's significant
1: built-in acupuncture as you go
0: yeah i had to pull one out of randy cooling's forehead it's on video actually <laughs> oh yeah i did see that yeah uh i it, had to pull them out of my ass cheeks the other day actually that was on uh Jarrett's I squatted down to take a photo and squatted right in a cactus so Chad was nice enough to offer to pull him out of my butt crack but I got him out of my
1: own. Uh, Well that's good that's good I don't think that would have been a a very good bonding experience. Uh, (laughs) If if you got a guy let's say you know he's been waiting a whole long time or he's paid a whole lot of money to go uh, do some uh, awesome sheep hunt somewhere or some awesome goat hunt somewhere would you guys recommend if they have the opportunity to come do an out at hunt kind of like that to get prepped for a, a hunt, they may only get one opportunity in their life at.
0: Mm, I, I don't think it's a horrible idea. I mean, I think the reality, and I just wrote an article for, for bow hunter magazine called the poor man sheep hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have aspirations to go on a sheep hunt and, you know, financially, let's say you're, you're younger or, or, um, you know, just, you know, you got a family, the normal shit people deal with. Um, it's not a horrible idea. You can, like down here, it's like $2,700 for a used, So, not so out of price range that, um, you know, it's, it's unattainable and it's um, seven grand for a ram or that's what it'll be next year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, that a lot of people could afford and they might find out that, uh, you know, sheep hunting sucks. I don't want to do it. And they didn't spend <laughs> 16 to 30 grand to go find out. And they're going to learn a lot about steep angles, physical fitness, you know, where they need to be at. So I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, I, I, if I ever get, get the opportunity to go shoot something like that, I think it would uh, it would be a fun, uh, like, prep course almost. But uh, how much more time do you have uh, guiding down there?
0: Well, I have to go back to work soon, as you know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the 7th, I'm waiting... For one guy to come down, I'm not going to be able to hunt with him a bunch, but a uh, super loyal Kaparu guy and, and just a great dude. So I'm, um, his name is George. He's coming down a day early so I can see him. And then I'm heading to pick Amy up in Phoenix. And then I'm making mm-hmm. – that's nine hours. And then I've got a 13-hour drive back to Denver. Yay. And then uh, <laughs> home from, um and then i got to head up to Riverton to look at the building and, and talk to the – some different uh, affiliates in in, in Riverton there and then come back home. And then crap, I got to, and then I got to do that. I got that seminar in um, Tennessee. I'm doing, you know, at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. All kinds of fun stuff.
1: Yeah. It's like, you don't sound busy at all. No, not at all. It's not bad. (laughs) Is there, uh, what are you uh, most looking forward to kind of in the upcoming uh, horizon here past, uh, past what you got, you know, and towards uh, the end of April, but let's say this summer and up into this fall?
0: Just a move, which obviously, you know, like I'll be happy when we get up there and get things rolling. Um, you know, my main focus now is for once in my life, not on hunting, it's, you know, uh, you know, Amy and, and, and the crew and, and getting, getting everything going with that.
1: Yeah, a lot of moving pieces going on for sure.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, I think um, uh, you know overall, I, 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 with the with the move, you know, obviously, especially I just did a Q and A, a lot of questions about that. I mean, we're just planning on growing and growing and adding different, you know, parts and pieces, you know, under the umbrella of Kafaru. You know, I'm looking forward when we can start doing the school that we were talking about for long range shooting, you know, mm-hmm. archery, survival, land nav, offering that, the trading post, all those types of things. It's just, um, you know, for the majority of my, you know, life, I, I could focus on hunting the majority of the time. And now um, I, I definitely am focusing more on not hunting and, and the company. So it's been a little bit of a change for me.
1: I, I, but I definitely think it uh, it shows for sure as the company's growing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of great leadership and moving it forward. So that's a, that's always a, a good thing to be coming down from the top to to everyone else. Um, I think Kafaro's got a lot of growth. It's it's going to be awesome. Dan, you're joining the team, right?
0: Yes, sir. I can't wait.
1: Are you excited Dreaming. about moving to Wyoming?
0: Oh yeah, definitely a dream of mine. Can't wait to get out there. Take advantage of all the hunting opportunities, and also work for Caparo is going to be it's going to be a dream come true.
1: Where are you from originally?
0: Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee.
1: Okay, so that's yeah. First time out west to move or live, at least.
0: Oh yeah, gonna
1: be fun. That's awesome! Now we're super excited to have you coming on board. I mean, uh, if uh, if this means anything, I mean, Aaron doesn't uh, talk highly about many people. But he speaks very, very highly of uh, your skills and your abilities. So I'm super stoked just to, just to see you shoot.
0: Well, I appreciate it. it means a lot. I, I did beat him in the sprint, but I, I also did pull my hamstring I couldn't walk for a week. So <laughs> <laughs> uh. it was my my hamstring on my left side was like three shades of black, blue, and yellow and purple. That's like four shades uh, from my knee to my ass cheek. So I'm not young anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a great right. idea to just do a cold sprint against it. Uh, how old are you, Dan?
0: Nineteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess a nineteen-year-old.
0: No. Yeah, I've only got twenty-six years on him. Um, it was funny. Chad was laughing, and Chad, our, our, uh, you know, the owner of Kafaro, we're obviously uh, the primary owner. We were. Uh, we had gotten a sheep. One of his friends did, and his friend was like, "How are they getting so far down the mountain ahead of us?" And Chad was like, "They're running." <laughs> and uh, it was steep And um, the guy uh, His friend said something about Well it must be nice to be young again And uh, Chad said yeah he's our age uh, Dan's a young one So I felt good about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's the small wins It's the small uh, victories
0: I, I know I really have to focus To even try to keep up with Dan though um, I certainly can't be drinking Otherwise he really crushes me so <laughs>
1: <laughs> And fast uh, I mean, yeah, trust me, uh, I've heard the stories. Um, I, I saw that uh, Chad's uh, ram, man, that was a pretty awesome size ram he got
0: out there. Total size, that's the largest ram I've ever had at my feet. Um, and I've shot really big ones myself, so I was like... It was actually funny, so we're, we're, we're looking for red sheep, right? That's what he came down here for. We got okay. sidetracked a lot. But uh, <laughs> these four rams come out of this bottom, and, uh, you know, people don't don't think of where we're at. It's like mountainous, right? But it's extremely, extremely aggressive. They come out of this Canyon and they're like 700 yards away. And I immediately am losing it. I'm like, look, we got to kill it. And he's like, well, maybe it'll be here tomorrow. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. We're not going to find this again. And I'm not risking it. If you don't shoot it, I will. This thing needs to hit the ground, Chad. (laughs) Well, it's the equivalent of a 400 inch bull. Well, that got him going. So we, (laughs) we end up, shooting it just before last light um and it like you know how like you haven't seen your wife for a while you get home and from the front door to the bedroom there's clothing everywhere
1: <laughs> yep. uh,
0: that's what it looked like so we started off with a tripod for the rifle, two spotters binoculars shortly about 150 yards after that we had gear. shortly after that chad dropped his his vinyl harness because, you know, he's laying in the prone. And then we're above the sheep about 700 yards later, and we're down to like a rifle, right? So he shoots the sheep, and we go down, we take some photos, and I'm like, okay, start skinning it. Um, I'm going to go back and get our craft. And, it, you know, that canyon, I don't know how deep that thing is. It, it's deep. It took me – I smoked it up the Canyon and then it was like an Easter egg on it trying to find all our shit. Cause it was dark and I didn't have a headlamp. I was going back to grab it. So there was like tripods and harnesses and spotters for 700 yards all the way it was like breadcrumbs back to the Canyon.
1: <laughs> oh shit. That sounds funny.
0: Yeah, it was, it was cool. But yeah, that ram's just genetically at a different level. Like even it's just looking at its head and the math and, it's just crazy. And for as much as it's groomed, it was still like 31 by 30 and change. And you know, the, the mass on it is, is like I said, it's just genetically, it's like looking at Andre the giant. It probably weighed 400 pounds. Um, Jesus. Just a giant animal. So it was cool. And then his buddy's got uh, sheep
1: too and some, uh, avelina, you know, so it was a good trip. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's tough to tell in those pictures cause I don't think people realize, uh, how uh, large Chad is in real life, and that, I mean that thing looked huge, absolutely monster.
0: Yeah, I think Chad's probably six four, maybe and 240, two forty to two forty
1: five. So yeah, yeah, okay. he's not a set. Of, he's a big dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you guys? Uh, are I, I guess this, this is a question for both of you. What are your, what are the wrenches that are are going to be thrown in your hunting for? 2022 by moving
0: to Wyoming? Not really anything for me. Um, you know, as far as like, I'm going to actually uh, guide for Brian Routier, uh a little bit, help him out for antelope and mule deer. And then if I get that elk tag, you know, South and I'll go in for that. And then, um, you know, I've got lots of different options and opportunities and, and I probably won't really hunt Wyoming much until the year after that. Um, I think, Dan, it's only, uh, it's, a, it's only good for Dan, but go ahead. Cause he's stuck in Tennessee before this. So yeah, it's definitely <laughs> way better. It's before I had to travel to Wyoming. Now it's just hunt on the weekends and stuff. So, um, definitely looking forward to, to everything. I've got three or four elk points in Wyoming right now. So nice. um, as soon as i move out there, going to look for a scout for some units to put into that and, uh, Plan on mule deer there this year in cow Elk and all that, so
1: I'm super excited. That's awesome. Yeah, I've uh, I've yet to even I know the it's o- it's over, but I didn't even look at Wyoming this year. It's just been such a whirlwind here at Kafaru.
0: Yeah, that makes two of us. I didn't I didn't either, and I booked, which I don't think you know. I booked a antelope and a and a mule deer hunt for the, some of the guys at Kafaru that are going to be around at that time frame. But you were one of them, so. And then uh, that's in South Dakota and then uh, with, with Ryan. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I, obviously, whatever, we're not that far from Colorado, so driving yeah. down you know, still technically be a Colorado resident when I'm putting in for my tags. So um, you know, if I draw anything in Colorado, great. But like I said, at this time, I've gotten to hunt so much shit in my life and been so blessed. If <laughs> it's a year and take some photos, I'm, I'm going to be okay. So I, I mean, that's not going to happen, obviously, but I can take the back burner for a while. I've got a good good life, and my cat frequently mentions if I ever come back as an animal, I'm going to be a deep shit, and uh, there's some truth to
1: that. So I can't complain. Well, man, quit talking like you're about to kick the bucket. <laughs> like, oh, it has been a good now, run. I'm. A, it's over for me. <laughs> no, oh, it's more
0: just time, right? Like, I want to make sure that we get Kafaru taken care of, and so you know. I think when people hear this, they probably hear what you're saying, but you have to admit, so I go from going on 50 hunts to 10. Right. <laughs> oh, for, I mean, it, it's, it's not like I'm kicking the bucket. It's just I may not hunt for 11 months. I may only hunt for three, right? So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still not too bad, not too bad at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think, too, like uh, we were talking the other night, um, one of the guys in camp, we we're just, you know, mentioning like between, uh, you know, guiding and, and hunting. You know, it's, it's not uncommon for me to see, you know, two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty animals hit the ground in a year. Right. Um, I don't think he believes that, and I was like, ah, man, that's not a really a bragging thing. I was just, you know, you ask the question, and you know, when you hunt pigs and white tail and depredation tags and elk and antelope mm-hmm. and turkeys, and those mm-hmm. numbers start to add up quick, and they're not all ones I'm shooting, but. Dan, since you've been down here with pigs and everything else, Dan's seen over hundred animals hit the ground in a very short period of time. So, you know, it, it it it's hard for people to to fathom. And you don't want to come off as arrogant or like a hyperbole or whatever. But you, you know, you 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 learn a lot when you see that many. Whether it's you know bullets or arrows or stalking or mm-hmm. or you know where to hit an animal or what to do after you you learn a lot from all that. And sometimes it's it's a good thing to let people know where you're kind of at as far as like, uh, information. So they, you know what I mean? Learn a little bit and, uh, and you know, men are men, women are women. And most men have tiny penis problems and they take it as like (laughs) a threat when in reality, you know, sometimes it's just like, Hey man, uh, you know, I've seen this a lot. This is probably, you know, what we should do, or this is probably what's going to happen, or, oh, that animal, you hit it here, this is probably what it's going to do. And just like anything in life, the more you see it, the more you learn. Um, so Dan, you know, has gotten to learn a, a crapload, not that he hasn't hunted before, been successful, but you see over 100 animals hit the ground in two months, he's probably learned a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a crash course in how to be an efficient killer for sure.
0: Yeah, or in some cases, an
1: efficient tracker. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, efficient at finding the animals, maybe not killing the animals. Um, yeah, but I think that's it's it is important though for you know the role you play in the company and making sure that you know the the products we have out there are actually tested correctly and they're not just you know oh yeah we say it's going to work Now, it's actually been proven to do exactly what we wanted it to do. So, um, but uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. What, uh, what are you most excited for? You know, if you strip away the move, all that kind of stuff, if you looked, uh, two years into the future for Kafaro, what is your number one thing you're kind of most excited about? We're getting ready to get into.
0: Man, for me, which I'm probably, you know, a little bit different. Um, uh, that, the the schoolhouse that we what I call the schoolhouse, um, I, I really want to get that going, you know, not because of money, because that's probably going to be the, the least moneymaker, but. I'm really excited to take more of a, maybe a role in, in, in teaching, um, whether that be, you know, photography, you know, layering systems, the land nav, all that stuff, and then having uh, some different uh, military guys come in for long-range shooting um, and just being, Kafaro kind of, not just being a place that we make money, but, you know, you know, when I say make money, sell packs. I want people to know we're not, I think most people know this, it's it's about family for us, it's about information. I hate to use the C word, conservation, helping different groups, helping different organizations and, and, and kind of just becoming a, a key part of Wyoming and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, helping people. So I'm excited about that. That's probably the 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 um, I don't know what the one thing I want to focus on the most once everything gets going Is get that going. Yeah, I think that's gonna be awesome. What about you, Dan? Uh, for me, I mean just a new chapter of my life moving out there is pretty pretty big and then I mean all the stuff that I hear is in the works with Safaro it's gonna be a you know, a great next say five years down the road. It's gonna be quite awesome and I'm super proud and privileged to be on that ride and I look forward to it.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh looking forward to moving honestly i know that sounds crazy but i'm looking forward to uh, uh, just a change of pace in terms of kind of like the um I don't know, the personalities of everybody uh, everyone you know Wyoming everyone seems to be like super happy to see everyone and how's it going and even if you're just like in the grocery store it's, it just seems a lot closer knit uh, and it it doesn't seem doesn't seem like that's the direction everything's headed here
0: yeah, no, it's headed the actually the opposite direction. So, like, yeah. if we're heading north, Colorado is heading south.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, it very much feels. I mean, you, you just kind of get it. it's changed so dramatically in the past couple of years. And I know everyone's heard that, but uh, it's it's been crazy uh, to see the change that Colorado's gone through.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild. But I think that um, you know, I, it seems I'm sure there's some people in Wyoming that. which I totally get or like, uh, you know, you Californians stay the heck home. Uh, We don't, you know, that type of thing. Mm But obviously we're moving there to to not turn it into Colorado. And um, I'm pretty, I'm not so far right that I got to look right to see the left, but I'm pretty damn far right. So, (laughs) uh, you know, I I think that we will be able, I think we'll be a good, a, a big part of the community
1: and a good part of the community. So I'm excited to get that kind of rolling as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we're going to fit in. And from what every, every, uh, everything everyone said up there, it feels like we're pretty welcomed in the community. You know, I think everyone knows what we're about uh, and what we're trying to do. And uh, I think everyone's really supportive of it.
0: Yeah. No, it seems, seems good. Um, I am, The building, Shane is crushing it on the building and Bush, who's building uh, our house. When I say our house, it's pretty much Amy's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know they're crushing it the building's coming right along um i saw some videos uh mckenzie probably sent you as well i think kenneth actually took the one they're framing in the offices and everything so yeah they're doing they're crushing it
1: yeah it's uh it was scary there for a little bit you know when things uh you, you're you're wanting to move things along but it just isn't quite time yet and then uh, once it all kind of popped off it uh, it's just been nothing but forward progress so it's been great
0: Oh, it was rough for me because everybody was wanting answers that I quite honestly did not have. And then I'm like, <laughs> a couple times I made the mistake. I thought I had an answer and I mentioned something and that became gospel. So then it got to a point, like, I'm just not going to talk because, <laughs> uh, you know, the last thing you want to know is, or do is say, Oh, this is what's going to happen. And then it doesn't work. And there was too many, a lot of balls in the air for a while, but it looks like it's going to pan out where we're going to get there when we wanted to. And, and uh, hopefully, no major crises. Everything's gone fairly smooth.
1: So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that everything's going to pan out the way it's supposed to uh, coming up here into the future. But uh, um, still, a lot to go. Still, uh, a big process ahead of us, and that's uh, another challenge we're going to undertake. But I'm uh, I'm 100 positive that we're going to be able to continue to move forward and get the move done.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I gotta say have you have you paid attention to any of the uh, uh, I'm reading it now, the crossbow stuff that's popped up recently.
1: I've paid a, a little bit of attention to it, just kind of uh, what's been on social media about you know people using crossbows, especially that young girl using one. and uh, but not nothing I haven't uh, you know gotten into real deep just because I don't really know anything about crossbows.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird how, like, this is old school, like, the Bible, like, this has been going on forever, and uh, a friend of mine um, had an incident where his, his, his daughter had killed a uh, turkey with a crossbow, and they didn't put the slide up or something like that, but then, it, you know, of course, I got a million and a half questions about my views on it. And I uh, It's been interesting, and, and one of the things that I don't want to talk about crossbows any more than I already have this week. But <laughs> the, the one thing that I think that um, where the, the this line is, which would be interesting to get your opinion, um, you know, the, the easy button thing of is our crossbows or, how, you know, getting people into the outdoors, right? One of the arguments, which is kind of a crock of shit, is crossbows can get people into the outdoors. But everybody I know that has a crossbow was a gun hunter and wanted longer seasons, mm-hmm. so grabbed a the crossbow. So we, you know, when you talk about getting people into the outdoors, the way that I look at it is kind of like when, um, uh, when I picked up a stick bow, it wasn't that I was anything specifically special. I just had a larger platform. So when I picked up a stick bow, it wasn't that I was the best shooter in the world or the best hunter in the world or anything else. I just had a bigger platform to tell people about it Mm -hmm. and get people excited, I think, To me, which is one of the reasons I'm excited about the schoolhouse portion of it is, you know, maybe you don't always hand the easy button to somebody to get them into the outdoors. Maybe you just get them in the outdoors, right? Like Mm -hmm. my daughter, we gradually, you know, I didn't take her first trip on a seven mile in backpack trip. (laughs) We cramped by the car and then we fished and we hiked a little farther. And the next thing you know, I'm dragging her ass like five miles in to go fishing. Um, Being able to educate people and make it exciting, um, being able to, you know, whether it's a bow or a gun or whatever, it, it you know, inform people and, and let them know what they get out of the outdoors, say they don't even hunt. They just want to go fishing and they want to go hiking. Just getting them prepared and ready to get into the outdoors and, 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 and you know, the informational portion of it. Like, Mo, like Daniel is, is 19, but was raised the same where I was. When right? I was out of school, I was running around shooting squirrels and other shit I probably shouldn't have been shooting at, but I wanted to get in the outdoors. Well, if your kid's playing on her or his phone constantly or, you know, you're not introducing them to the outdoors or informing them and instructing them and teaching them, they're probably not going to ever get in the outdoors. So being able to do that and trying to do that, I think is key. and something I'm hoping we can do a, a you know big part of it, in, you know, in, in Wyoming. The only reason I brought the crossbow thing up was this specific, getting people in the outdoors. I don't know that. Uh, I can say this on Kafaru cat. So, and you are never going to play in the NBA, no matter what your parents told you. Uh, <laughs> you just don't have to. I'm not either. Uh, some people may not be built to bow hunt, but I bet they could be damn good at fishing, right? I mean, right. Mm-hmm. you can get people in the outdoors, and the, the crossbow is kind of an easy button with that. But that doesn't mean you can't, you know, if you suck at bow hunting, it doesn't mean you can't get in the outdoors. I mean, um, you, you. everyone can go in the outdoors. Not everyone may want to hunt. Or not. maybe everyone can draw back a bow or have the hand-eye coordination to shoot cross or a, a, a recurve. Getting people in the outdoors, making sure people understand the dividing lines of why there's an archery season. Well, it's because it's more difficult. you got to work harder at it, and that's what you choose to do.
1: Pour
0: mm-hmm, your heart and soul in it. Learn learn archery. Become a master of the animals and the sport. If you want to be a rifle hunter and you only want to hunt a week a year with your buddy, all right, well, that's easy. That's your choice. But teaching people the differences, why they want to get out there, I think is a huge portion um, of, of maybe what needs to be changed or done more nowadays compared to, when I was a kid, you could bring a rifle to school, give it to your principal, they give it back to you so you could go hunting after school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kinds of awesome. It would be cool to come back to some of those times.
1: And, that, yeah, that only comes through education and educating people on the proper way to do things so you don't have, uh, you know, people who do bad things out of ignorance or neglect, you know. Uh, but talking about the crossbow thing, it, it is tough because, you know, you want to make, I think of it kind of like... Uh, you could think of it almost like a introducing somebody to fishing. You're not going to necessarily give them a fly rod and a dry fly for the first time they're ever going to fish. You know, they're going to get a Zebco and a worm on a bobber, and they might find a love in fishing and then want to say, Oh, I would like to do this a different way and graduate to spinning casting and then bait casting and then fly casting. And then, you know, whatever they want to do from there. But, uh, so I could see someone's argument for saying, Hey, you know, you could give a kid a crossbow. He gets into, shooting at things from a distance so that gets them into rifles or it gets them into shooting with a a compound bow, longbow, whatever you want to go from there Uh, but I I see the predicament of people take that and they take advantage of it and they turn just to say I'm going to extend my hunting season instead of actually becoming a proficient hunter with a a traditional bow, not necessarily a a trad bow but a compound bow um, they just choose to use a crossbow and so uh, I agree. I, I don't think we should be having crossbows mingling with regular bow hunters. I do kind of see the argument though people could make for getting people into shooting and it's not loud like a gun. So you don't have to wear ear protection. You know, I know 22s are pretty darn quiet, BB guns, pellet guns, stuff like that, but I can kind of see the argument for
0: that. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I've thought about this a lot and, uh, I think the one thing that, that people including me worry about is you can get your kid a tiny little recurve bow and not really be accurate but swing arrows. Is that the right way to go? Or the easy button, because I can get a six year old to shoot at a hundred yards with a crossbow right in a day. Now, is that the end of the world if they choose to get a compound later? Of course not. What I worry about is if we keep hitting an easier and easier and easier button eventually that six-year-old kid is going to get to vote, and they may be like man i remember when i shot a crossbow that was so cool i think they should be legal no matter where because that got me into hunting and mm-hmm. then everything is now one season rifles muzzleloader bow crossbow is one season i could see it going that way and it's, it's a it's a it's an interesting topic because for me, a crossbow is not a crossbow or no, it's not a bow, right? You can put it on a tripod, it's got a scope, you can hold it back all day. Yeah, You know what I mean? You don't have any strength to cock it. So
1: It's a shitty it's gun. A quad- yeah,
0: yeah it's, a, it's a short range rifle, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so I get it like, well, throwman in rifle season, right? I, I don't, um, I, I think the, and I'm getting old. That's part of it, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the easy button is being hit a lot more these days and I hate seeing that that easy button. And when I say that I don't have any issues with kids shooting a crossbow. But I do have issues with gun hunters that mm-hmm. want a longer season buying a crossbow and getting to use it in bow season now rather than putting the blood, sweat, tears and, and uh you know, effort into actually learning how to shoot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With all that the with all that effort also comes and people uh, might look at it like, oh, well, you're just being, you know, you're excluding people because they're not working as hard. Well, it also comes with a lot of safety. You know, with all those blood, sweat, and tears, people learn a lot of ethics and what you're supposed to do, not supposed to do, and, you know, how to take a shot and not take a shot. If you have somebody who maybe not is, is not used to that, not used to people not being an orange, so on and so forth, they could potentially hurt somebody out there uh, just by being in a position where they're not as used to the atmospheres, what normal – Normally, they're used to.
0: Yeah, Dan said that yesterday. was like there'll be a lot of people getting shot because, you know, well, Dan, so you're feeling that you told me yesterday because it made perfect sense. Well, like, when you look at, like, turkey hunting, that's like technically more people get shot in turkey hunting than anything with shotguns and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And if you want a bunch of people that shoot across the line with archery season, that haven't spent that much time in the woods and not be mm-hmm. great to target acquisition, then, you know, you run the risk of people getting shot a little bit more and, you know, it's not going to go up 10%, but there definitely will be a lot more deaths in my opinion. I mean, that's just like what I'm thinking, but
1: um, I agree with you. Yeah.
0: We, what is- you, you have to, for me, when I talk about this, I also, well, Dan now we get to see Different skill sets and different levels of hunters, mm-hmm. and we see potentially crisis level shit that could happen that we can kind of avoid. Meaning, when I say crisis, maybe a, a bad shot at an animal or something unsafe, or leaving a bullet in the chamber and forgetting to take it out. Simple mm-hmm. things that you learn with proper tutelage and over time, and from again, you know, not hit the easy button. I mean. I would say that like with this with a, with a, if you went to an archery range and let's say you're a twenty two year old female or male and you have raccoons in your yard and you can't shoot a gun and it's too hard for a bow, within an hour you can be proficient to forty yards or more with a crossbow. And then they hand you a crossbow, you send them five hundred bucks and out you go. And holy shit, you don't realize that fucking arrow keeps going through the fence. Through <laughs> the lower poundage bow as you were a kid and learn the potential repercussions that that arrow goes quite some for quite some time after a broadhead hits a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Right? Learn that as you, you know, as you get older because you started off with a lighter poundage bow and grew and, and, you know, obviously your strength grew. Um, you, you also learn, obviously, what animals are legal to shoot, and what are not. So let's say you're a 20-year-old pecker-headed little, little, uh, 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 like I was, a little a little rat, right? Like, okay, I'll, I'll shoot everything. If I, when I was little, I did a lot of things wrong, then I was educated by getting my ass kicked of what the right thing was to do. Well, if you skip all that time, the next thing you know, you're ringing arrows at squirrels and things like that because you skipped all of those times at a younger age of mm-hmm. right and wrong.
1: No, absolutely, and I think yeah, I uh, it, it it actually amazes me how many uh, rifle hunters who've never necessarily shot a bow, uh, just because of media, you watch in every movie. Every time somebody shoots something with a bow, it just sticks in it. It just sticks in something, whatever you shoot a bird or a squirrel, or a person in the leg, that but that arrow just sticks right in it. And it doesn't go through it. And so I've met a lot of rifle hunters that in my past that had no idea that arrows go through things real easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's just again, it's part of that uh, part of that learning. You know, part part of the fun of it, right? Part of it is getting your ass kicked and learning. And so, I mean, you, you know, you think about it, um, it's kind of like entering the NBA. Like Cohen, me, Dan, we can all take a pill. We're going to be in the NBA. Well, that uh, that level of skill that we all look up to to play. I hate professional sports, but to play in the NFL or the NHL. If everyone can do it, pretty soon it's not important or sacred anymore because everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought up the other day, it's like, well, you got a little leader, but you can strap on a giant dildo and become a porn star. <laughs> That's the equivalent of a crossbow to me. If you're going to be a bow hunter with a crossbow, you really didn't earn much right. to get there. Uh, you, di- you didn't You didn't learn how to tune. You didn't learn how to fletch arrows. You didn't learn, to. you know, you didn't. Like basically just the strength to hold the bow steady, or to pull it back, or anything. You just grabbed a piece, a tool that was the easiest you could possibly get to be able to hunt in a bow season without without earning anything. So maybe it would get kids in the outdoors more. But there's a ton of kids in the outdoors from shooting BB guns. They, they bought a bow later. Um, I don't know that a crossbow would really help. It, ma- it might, but I, I don't know. I, I I would like to see it would be interesting to get some data on that because I, I don't know that it that actually helps or not. Like when I say that, Oh, my kid had a crossbow, got him in the outdoors. Well, was that the only thing you offered him? Right. Or was that, you know, or did you offer multiple things? So again, my daughter never wanted to mess with a crossbow. She just always liked the recurse compound. And, you know, I always brought her an archery. And she sat beside me, watched me shoot, and learned along the way. And as soon as she could draw a bow back, we, we got her a little bow and then it just gained from there. And now she, has more bows than she probably needs, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, especially when, uh, you know, I grew up with every opportunity for all sorts of outdoor things, and I never once wanted to, or gravitated towards a crossbow, so I don't think that's the, uh, I don't think that you have to have a crossbow during hunting season to facilitate more people being in the outdoors. I don't think that's the key. Yeah,
0: yeah, who, who knows? I mean, I I could be totally full crap, but. We'll, we'll mm. see. I do. Oh, I am excited about the opportunity. Obviously with like Dan, Dan, Dan is an amazing, uh, archer, uh, one of the best, you know, with a single string bow, um, you know, the Frank amazing predator hunter, high country mule deer. Um, you know, obviously we all have something to add and then other people we would bring in to get that school going, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, to teach people, the do's don'ts and, and everything else. I'm very excited
1: about that. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to be a great opportunity for everyone to learn and hopefully spread the knowledge. Um, I have a question. Have you guys uh, checked out or been keeping a track on that new bill that just got, uh, I believe it just got passed in Wyoming uh, coincidentally enough. And it's, uh, the, it's about the big five animals and making it more difficult for out of state folks to draw tags in Wyoming for the big five. I think especially for um, sheep and uh, moose. Did you guys uh, check that out at all?
0: No, no, fill it in.
1: Yeah, and so it's this bill. I I read about it a a week ago, and it's uh, it's basically going to almost double the amount of points out of state people need to draw a moose. and, And I do, I believe it's the sheep tag. Um, and it's going to make it more difficult for the big five animals there in Wyoming for out-of-state people to draw them and make it probably a little easier for in-state people to draw for those. Uh, So, I mean, obviously we have a direct benefit to that, but there's been a lot of people who have been kind of voicing their opinion about being upset about this because it's uh, eliminating Wyoming from a lot of people's opportunity to go a-hunt in. Dang it. (laughs) i know i know it's i know no one on our team is upset about this at all (laughs) do you but do you could you foresee a future in which western states um you know make it so difficult for out-of-state hunters to draw tags there to get tags there that you basically you have to live in that state to hunt that state
0: i can definitely see as you know even though you know i'm part of the problem or we are as far as getting more people in the outdoors uh, there's only so much public land, right? Mm-hmm. And so over-the-counter tags, out-of-state, you know, back and forth, you know, things like that. The the more that um, that increases, the, the more constraints and, and rules of maybe not as is being able to, to come and hunt as freely as as it used to be will, will become an issue. So Colorado, you know, people – I'm of the opinion I would rather – go on a good hunt than go hunting every year. Mm-hmm. Meaning I'll find a way to go hunting. Um, but I would rather hunt elk every two years or three and have a viable chance to enter that circle of, of life of elk screaming, running in my face and, and putting an animal on the ground rather than hiking around with my bow, running into hunts. Right. I want that? I, w- I want to have a realistic opportunity. Now, I, I've been bashed before saying I wanted caps on uh, over-the-counter tags in Colorado because there's just too much pressure. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the chances of getting an elk are, are not very good. And then you always get a guy that comments oh, I was an elk all year. Oh, you're the one.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're the one.
0: There is going to be enough hunters that someone's going to have some success, um, you know, no matter what. But in reality um, – you know the pressure is getting higher and higher, so limiting that to a certain degree, or in case like Wyoming, making rewarding residents. Um, I can see how that could go down that road in every state. I yeah. mean, look at Arizona, like right, or or Nevada, or Utah. So,
1: I think it's just unfortunate that uh, you know Colorado. I I think has basically made an unrealistic expectation for people who don't live in Colorado or don't live in a Western state that every year guaranteed, no matter what, you're going to be able to come out here and get a tag and uh, go hunting. And it's, it's unfortunately um, it's just turned, like you said, your opportunities to you're out in the woods. Yeah. You're, you're doing it, but your actual chances of killing an elk are, are so slim that you're basically just doing glorified hiking.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't be successful, right? I'm just yeah. saying harder and harder. And, and, you know, I've, I've hunted over the counter public land you know, a ton my whole life. Um, you know, now in the last couple of years, when, you know, I've, I've tried to get landowner tech because, um, well, I'm not getting any younger and 20 years of, <laughs> uh, over a raghorn or please Jesus let a cow walk in front of me starts to suck. And there's no, it's awesome that we have public land. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from having public land. I mean, I don't do that hashtag public landowner bullshit. Cause if I owned it, I would limit the amount of people in it. But <laughs> I do think that offering out of state or in state hunters a better opportunity on that public land is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dan, uh, a man from out east What would, would you have any opinions on this
0: um you know somebody like, that's not i'm only 19 so hold on one sec i got a piece, so you take it away from dan for a while all right <laughs> um like i said i'm only 19 so not super i don't know don't have a lot, a lot of wisdom on all this stuff but from back east you know it was great i started hunting in wyoming when i was I think 15 and uh, hunted there every year since, you know, loved it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for somebody that's not a non resident going to a state like that, it does suck. But, um, like, I hunted Colorado last year and saw nothing but hunger, you know, and that, that yeah. sucks just as. So, if there's a way that, you know, non residents can go every couple years, not be just as, you know, as much people that have more quality time than I, you know, that'd probably be better than going every year and paying 200 trucks at the parking lot, you
1: know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely not a super fun experience when you're, you know, you're out there and you're trying to do the whole Western hunting thing. And, you know, it's a, it's just another sea of hunters everywhere. But uh, I, I, I've heard this argument that people say, well, I thought this land was federally owned. You know, I thought this was everyone's public land. And now, now states are saying that you can't come, uh, you know, be a, be a part of this hunting experience on federal land. And, uh, you know, my, the, the response I, I guess I have to that is you're still very much allowed to come recreate on it, but the state does own the animals. So they can, they get the opportunity to say whether or not, you know, you, you can come hunt them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I, uh, I, like I said, I know we're on the benefiting end of it as be, soon to be Wyoming residents, but uh, uh, I definitely see a future in which Western states are almost I uh, I don't want to say pay to play or something like that, but you're going to have to be a resident or you're going to have to win some sort of uh lottery tag that are few and far between to, to hunt in them. Otherwise the, you know, the, the hunting opportunities will just become so diluted. And so, um, uh, just, it, it won't be the experience anyone's looking for anymore to be like, you know, if there's 50 boats at every put in, uh, you know, it's not as much f- fun fishing as if you're out on the river alone.
0: Well, I, I think fishing is a good example. Um, if you ask, uh, well, we'll just take me, Dan and you, Hey, uh, you can go to this lake here or this river, and you have a point. Well, let's just say, if you fish for a week, you have a 17. Well, no, it's less than that. A 12 percent chance of catching a fish. <laughs> or you can wait because it's fishing. Obviously, not applicable. I mean, and this is you know pulling out of my ass a little bit, but or you can fish every three weeks, and uh, yeah, you're going to be in fish all day. I'm going fishing every three weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. <It's>, uh, five, <laughs> 12% chance in 10 days of catching eight fish. I don't like those odds. I'll go, I'll go. you know what, I can walk up and down the river and I can take pictures and I can enjoy the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can still recreate on it. And again, Dan's 19, his perspective is different. I've been hunting on public land for so long, so Dan may be totally fine for that small percentage of chance to get to hunt elk and I get that and I don't have any issue with that. I am just saying that you know, multiple different states and drawing tags and and you can come out West and hike and everything else that I think if people, even if it was every other year and every other year, they had a 50% chance of getting an animal, uh, rather than a 50% chance of seeing an animal Mm -hmm. there might change a little, but I'm from out West, you know, Dan, maybe like you're a dick. I can't believe you're saying this, but (laughs) it, it, it is. The idea of coming out west is very awesome. I get that. I just also know that it sucks when you have 37 cars at the trailhead. You hike six miles in, and you're still running into people, and the only elk you've seen are running like them uh, on on over-the-counter publicly.
1: And maybe it'll be an Uh, op—go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, and and, and I'll add to it.
1: I was just saying, maybe it'll be an opportunity for people uh, to—or for— it, it to highlight other hunting opportunities that aren't just out west hunting for elk and mule deer and you know which are are awesome but there's a ton of other great hunts that I think a lot of people just overlook because the, the out west hunting is so popular right now everyone's you know like oh that's what I want to do and I know it's it's been popular forever but it's it's really I feel, feel like it's a lot of people's you know I hate to use the term bucket list but they're they're out here because it's been hyped so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's true. I think that, uh, when you, um, you know, and, and again, everybody manages money differently and I did a poor job the majority of my life and I, I have Amy now, so I do a better job cause she does it. Um, that, that, uh, you know, the, the, the option of, of trespass speak. you know, I have gotten bashed for this, but people know me that know I've hunted publicly in my entire life and still hunted now. Um, you know, a, a trespass fee, a landowner tag, putting in for multiple states is a big one. Putting in for multiple states is a huge um, opportunity as you get more financially stable. That I never did because I was an idiot. Um, you know, being able to play the tag system. You know, it, it may. You know, I'm going to get yelled at for even saying this. From people who are like, I'm glad people don't understand it, but the the putting in for different tags in different states. Uh, is a is a great option to be able to hunt every state each or a state each year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't afford it, uh, I've only recently been above poverty, so I, I get it, right? But you know the, the 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 what I used to use with my physical ability and and willingness to stay longer. Yeah, that's kind of out the window now because there's a lot of tough fuckers out there that can go <laughs> just as far as me and just stay just as long, and so. As that happens, happens, something is going to have to change a little. Over-the-counter right. with tap, you know, more of a draw, less out-of-state hunters. You know, and I, I get it. It's not the best, but, you, you know, you have to look at it, I think, not just what's best for you, but what's best for everyone, as well as, you know, the four-legged, you know, creatures we're going after. Mm-hmm. What's going to be best? Big picture. Right.
1: Do you ever so, work?
0: You... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you
1: go. Uh, I was going to say, do you ever worry that legislation like this uh, is uh, kind of a backhanded way to break up hunters and break up a coalition of hunters and make it more, uh, you know, partisan and therefore making us less powerful in the ballot box? You know, if people were like, oh, well, I can't even go hunt out West. Why do I care about Western hunting rights or whatnot? Do you 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 ever, ever get concerned about stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I mean not just that, but many. You know, under that umbrella, there's a lot. And yes, um, you know that the crossbow thing was one of them, right? Is uh, you, you, to add to like what you're talking, if now it's Colorado Parks and Wildlife, so a lot of people on the commission don't hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if there was a bow season and the whole shtick for bow season was it's harder, so you need a longer season, and then you allow crossbows. And one of those people from the commission wants to get some insight on the bow hunting and they walk in and, and they don't know shit from Apple, button. so they walk in and they look at a crossbow, <laughs> and they realize in about 20 minutes, you can be accurate out to 50 yards. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, hell that's like a rifle. Let's just make all the seasons the same. That is a legitimate issue that could happen. Right. Okay. So the thing, what you're talking about, um, you know, with, with people voting right um for different reasons could it be to step you know strengthen numbers to less numbers that is a possibility the thing is is i I, it's such a big picture and there's so many parts and pieces but uh if you google what does colorado parks and wildlife make a year on hunting 27 million or something what what is it i mean i don't I, really I don't know what the pack sales are twelve million to million, hell, I don't know, but it's a shitload. That's a quite a bit of money that the wild parks portion would lose because it's lumped under parks and wildlife. But I don't see uh, out of state hunters paying seven hundred bucks to go hike, or out of state hikers paying seven hundred bucks to go hike in the Maroon Bell. Right. No.
1: Um, I'm trying to see if I can find out what they make. It's... Not on here, one hundred percent. I'll see what I can find, but yeah, no, it, it it is. You know, we as hunters, our voice is in is in the is is fortunately in the money. You know, we ha- we pay for most of the parks and wildlife in most states that have public land, uh, and so I I just sometimes get worried that. And you see legislation like this, that on its face, it looks good. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, I could get behind that. That's going to help me, you know, help out hunters. And it looks pro hunting. Uh, and then it ultimately becomes kind of this, uh, you know, anti-hunting tool.
0: Here we go. Revenue from hunting and fishing license in Colorado rose nearly 20% last fiscal year due in large part to recent fee increases in total, the state made $96,269,926 <laughs> on the licenses from 2018 to 2019, according to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. That is Trump money. Yeah. That is a lot of dollars. Yeah, $190. So mil- mil- yeah. In one year. That's, That's crazy. That's a pretty good vote. Right? That's good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Thank absolutely. God. I mean,
0: Think about if we took that away, what would happen to the parks portion? There would be no more parks. There'd be no shitters getting cleaned. There'd be no boat docks. There'd be no park. I mean, there'd be nothing.
1: I Yeah, 100% agree. <laughs> if you take $100 million was, out of a budget, there, what's left?
0: Yeah, there wouldn't be any game wardens, so I could go do whatever I wanted anyway.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Just kidding, game wardens listening in. I love you guys. <laughs>
1: you guys serve a very key purpose.
0: Yeah, I love every one of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's uh, I I just not seen a lot of grumbling on the internet about uh, that bill lately, and so I thought it sparked an interesting conversation. Um, but uh, anything else you guys are interested in covering? Anything else uh, you're wanting to touch on before we get off here? No, I don't. I don't have anything. I, I
0: actually I want to go shoot my bow here soon. So uh, I I was on the phone all morning so I couldn't shoot. Dan, you got anything? Dan's good. I did most of the talking for Dan, which is pretty much normal because I talk too much.
1: <laughs> Dan, when are you? Uh, when are you making the move up? When are you done there in Texas?
0: Uh, I'll be done in Texas end of April, and then I'll move to uh, help y'all out. I guess end of May, first of June.
1: Awesome, very cool, man. Well, I'm excited to meet you in person, and uh, looking forward, like I said, to you joining the team.
0: Awesome. You as well. Look forward to meeting you. He may, he may be me and Amy's new roommate until we find him a house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Cool. Well, man, I appreciate everything. And, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I figured we had a day off and, and we were running out of podcasts, so it wasn't, wasn't a bad time to do one.
1: No, it's a p- perfect, perfect time to jump on. And I I appreciate you guys taking a little time on your day.
0: Cool. You as well, man. Tell everybody I said hey.
1: Will do. All right, guys, we'll, we'll talk right. to you later.
0: All right, take it easy.